Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Um, hey guys, thank you for coming back to our program here, our podcast. I am George Freeman, Hippolyta's husband. And I am Monica Roberts. This is The Read. Thank you for joining us either again or for the first time. Mm-hmm. As usual, um, as tradition for the past nearly eight years. Just strap yourself in and get ready for some black foolishness. Jesus Christ. Because that's what we've got. <laughs> it is eight years almost. God damn. <sighs> okay. I, about it. I mean, we swore it wouldn't be more than like one or two. And here we are. I figured, you know, as long as it wasn't crack. You know, <laughs> I was here and it wasn't crack. So why not? So that was we could be divorced. That's right. Um. So... Let us begin with the usual Black Excellence this week. Goes to 18-year-old Quentin Byfield, who has recently become, okay, the highest drafted NHL player Ooh. in history as a Black man. You don't hear a lot of He's that. 18. He's from Ontario, I believe. He played for the Ontario Hockey League before. And it says here on Because of Then We Can, he has scored one. Actually, I knew this because I um, I uh, absorb sports and I'm very knowledgeable mm. um, on the subject of sportation. Mm-hmm. So he, it, he scored 143 points with a plus 38 rating in 109 regular season games in his two seasons with the Ontario Hockey League, which means that he actually scored three more points than 140 and one less season game than 110. (laughs) And he also plays hockey. So there's the information. (laughs) But... Yes, he was drafted to the Los Angeles Kings, first black player, first black player to be drafted that high in the history of the National Hockey League, which is what the NHL stands for. <laughs> yes. Um, so congratulations to him for being a badass, a superstar athlete, and for encouraging young black men um in the same sort of passion or lane that he is in and is, you know, passing on the fact that you can be a badass in pretty much anything. And I love seeing a little clip of him, uh, all of them like announcing the draft and him celebrating with his family in the, uh, like, I guess their living room. Cause you know, everything is still virtual. Right. But, um, congratulations, young man. 
um, good shred ice and um, yeah. the mighty ducks because mm-hmm. I cannot, also cannot help with hockey at all. Be watch out for that cocaine and them white women. You know, that's on everything in moderation. That's oh, what I'm saying, Quentin. Right? <laughs> it's Los Angeles. Um. Hey, y'all, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough, okay? If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time, all in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know Kid Fury and Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all, listen, we all know that life is full of the yada, yada, yada. You know, sometimes you sign up for a contract one place and then in order to get out of it, you got to send a million letters and go up there in person. And it's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Like this could have been easier. Okay, we've all dealt with the yada, yada before when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in fine print or, you know, even bills that just seem to keep going up every month for no dang reason. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then they charge you for every little thing until... You might as well have just booked your ticket somewhere else. But it is possible to outsmart the yada yada, like triple checking airline deals and making sure everything you need is already included. So remember, you don't have to take the yada yada in life and you don't have to take it from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises and not a yada yada. So stop by one of the over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide to sign up today. Okay, so let's go to our hot tops this week. Mm-hmm. This is a segment, a segment that is called Hot Tops, uh, Scary Bottoms to Top in the Dark. And we just have a couple of things. Okay, I can't wait. Um, Whoopi Goldberg says that Sister Act 3 is in the works. It's official. Oh, Lord. She was speaking uh, on the Late Late Show with James Corden, who is the white man that be in a car with all the famous people, and they sing. And Obama, Michelle Obama has done it, and um, Adele. So, oh yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> Anyways, she basically was talking to him about a number of things. And one of those things is the fact that, you know, the industry works where, you know, reboots happen when white people are 
certain enough that they're going to make their money back tenfold. Right. That's essentially what this was. She said for a long time, nobody, you know, really seemed to be interested in it or people were telling her that nobody wanted to see it. As of late, however, it seems like interest for a Sister Act 3 has, you know, become more and more discussed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's because of... Is it... I think the Sister Act movies are on Disney+. Plus. Uh, yes. I'm pretty sure I have watched them on Disney+. Plus. Um, pretty sure. I'm, I'm not sure. But either way, I'm pretty certain that, you know... If any of y'all are like what I imagine I would be as a parent, you know, your baby has seen Sister Act and Sister Act 2 no less than two dozen times. (laughs) And it's because you're supposed to raise your children right. And that means that they should be ingesting the fantastic situations that took place in the 80s and 90s. You know, the Sister Act films, the original Lion King, um... TLC. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) so it looks like this is a thing that's happening. Sister Act 3. It just says here that they're discussing it. So it sounds like it's a go, but they're trying to figure out you know, the pre-production processes, Mm -hmm. i.e. what is the movie? Yeah. Who's coming back that we can afford? (laughs) How can we shoot it? Blase, blase, blah. I'm down um, as long as we're not about to see Sister Mary Clarence pluck some child from OnlyFans and turn them into a nun. And then said nun teaches the convent, you know, the lyrics to WAP and not to bang (laughs) or whatever. You know, like... (laughs) I hate you. All these 15, 20 plus year old reboots are just about the star of that movie passing it down to somebody that's younger than them who then does the same shit that they did in the original movie. And like, I'd rather not, Mm -hmm. but I'll probably be there anyway. Uh, No word on whether or not Lauren Hill has been invited. I'm sure if anything, they texted her about it in 2018. So she would respond now that I people are actually talking about it. Hate you. Um, but we'll see. And that's what I've got. Uh, well, I'm actually not mad at this because it's not a reboot. It's just a continuation of the series. Yeah. So what I'm hoping is that they bring back as many of the nuns as they can. I'm sure some of them have passed away, but... Um, as many as they can definitely obviously need Whoopi and we need her like to do the same thing she did in the other two which is to come in and rescue these people and then go back to her shit you know like that's that's what I want to see I was watching Sister Act 2 actually like a few weeks ago and I thought about how much I would love to see a modern version of it with internet and cell phones and apps and kids doing all kinds like I just I would love to see that so I'm actually cautiously optimistic for this and I hope they do a great job on it because it could be really good Sister Act is one of the few movies where the sequel is better than the original to me. Same. I prefer two I to agree. one. <laughs> and me so, as well. you know, may I could see them also being like, look, we knocked it out of the park with the first one. And then your girl had a fucking world tour with the second one. So, yeah. you know, do we even really want to risk it? But hell, at this point, why not? And the first one is still really, really it good. It is. The first one is good, but the second one is phenomenal. <laughs> 
It made $231 million at the global box office, that first one. It was apparently one of the most financially successful comedies of the 90s. Um, I'm definitely down for another one as well, and we'll see however they cook it up. But honestly, as far as like returning actors, if I get Whoopi and Kathy and Jimmy, I'm fine. Like, and that's no shade to anybody else that was any of those other movies, you know? Jennifer Lewis, but like, that's it <laughs> for me. If anybody else was like, I don't want to come, I'm good. Oh, I'm afraid of the Rona. I'll understand. But the Sister Act 3, I would really love at least Whoopi and Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that same thing that they would probably be the two biggest concerns as far as budget is concerned i really don't see the point of lauren hill coming back unless she's the mother of one of the kids at the school or something like that right but you know she was just a student like the rest of them and she was a good singer but it wasn't the movie is about whoopi's character so lauren hill could honestly just show up for like the closing song as a cute five minute yeah that would be nice you know or that would be well no they can't do another singing competition but you know a cameo or something like that would be cute too don't say they can't because you know that they will. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm just saying we've already we've we've done the singing competition. But I mean, the thing is that the nuns sing, right? Like that was their thing. Mm. So mm-hmm. something singing that they'll they'll audition for one of these America's Got Talent or something. Who knows? Well, look out for that, guys. We'll see what happens. But yeah, they've definitely, at the very least, got a ticket and some cautious optimism for me. Oh yeah, I'm watching it regardless. Um. The fiance of Jay Jeezy Jenkins, uh, Jay Jeannie Jenkins. All right. <laughs> apparently, um, made some headlines recently when she talked about how excited she is to submit to her man, Young Jeezy. Oh Christ! And their impending marriage. Apparently, she was on Entertainment Tonight where she spoke about this. Of course, this led to a lot of the girls saying, uh, excuse me, what? Submission? What is this? Fucking 1715. Um, so Jay, Jeannie Jenkins called into Tamron Hall's program last Thursday, mm. where she decided to, you know, try to clarify some things. She said, well, for me, submit does not mean that you are lower or less important than your man. Of course, Jay and I respect each other very equally. What I mean is, in my work life, in my actual life, I own my businesses, I run my team, I make all of the decisions, and I lead entirely in the outside of my life. She then went on to basically say that for these reasons, she wants for her husband to take hold of the reins when it comes to their dreams, her dreams, and incorporating all of their wishes, their wishes into a unified vision. I also didn't, you know, 100% grasp onto this. I see your face. I wasn't like, you know, 100% there in understanding. Right. Um, But I have heard of people, uh, women included, saying, oh, well, you know, I'm such a boss bitch in these streets anyway. I just want for my significant other to, like, drive the boat, so to speak, when it comes to the home. Um, She said that she's 41, which I didn't know she was that old. Um, And, not that it's old, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. Um, 
Uh, but sh- being 41, she don't give a fuck what y'all always got to say about it. Basically, I'm paraphrasing at this point. And that she's found the love of her life and agape love. And I don't know what I mean. Oh. So, <laughs> agape love. There you go. Um. So, yeah, the thing about it is I, f- I feel like submit is the wrong word here. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's not what submission means. If you want your man to be able to run the household without you holding his hand then you just want a grown up so <laughs> I feel like that's what you were trying to say but also I deeply do not care what you girls do in your marriage and if you want to call it submission and if you actually want to submit if you actually want to leave all the decisions the final decision of things up to your man because he is a man I don't actually care you can do whatever you want to do in the confines of your relationship I just think she used the wrong word I agree with all of this. I literally, when I read this earlier, I was like, maybe submit wasn't the the exact word to use. And in this context or whatever, even though I understand why people jump to that word when they mean what she's talking about. Um, But at the same time, I also agree that like, girl, you know, if you want to submit to your husband, your wife, whoever the fuck in your relationship, then that's fine. And also, there are people who fully have actual sub-dom relationships. And those are the kicks that they get on Route 66. Oh, Again, yeah. well, that's a different... I don't believe... <laughs> but still. I don't believe the future Mrs. Jenkins um, meant that specifically. Uh, however, you know, have a ball, hun. You know, do what you've got to do and whatever makes you feel uh, yes. validated and, and solid in the home. I'm really interested in Thanksgiving and Christmas. I want to know what Jay Genie is bringing. I want to know, you know, the kitchen dynamic for her and Jeezy's mom and probably aunt's sister. I don't know if he has sisters. So All that. that's what I'm interested in. Let's get a real exclusive on what that Thanksgiving Christmas dinner energy is giving. That might be on his talk show. Little clips from the house. (laughs) That's true. With the wifey and the mom. Who knows? It's worth a conversation. (laughs) That's that's the name of the show. You're so good. (laughs) Which premieres this week, apparently. So go and check out that. (laughs) yeah you know i i wish y'all all all the happiness that shit is not for me but you know there was a point like a long time ago where i thought i wanted to submit to somebody in a marriage too so you can Mm. you can feel however you want to feel and you can also change your mind well um one of the members of pretty ricky might be going to the pokey after scamming um the country out of some Rona money. No. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, it's pretty Ricky's baby blue. Um, AKA Diamond Smith. It's apparently arrested and charged with uh, a few things. Bank fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy oh, to commit to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. <laughs> Um, and all of this linked to him allegedly using falsified documents to obtain six-figure loans from the Paycheck Protection Program for his company, uh, his company's Blue Star Records and ThrowbackJersey.com. Jesus, alive today. Oh, wow. So, um... What? He allegedly used these funds to buy a $96,000 Ferrari, among other luxury goods, 
Um, and the scamming didn't stop there. There's apparently also another at least 11 defendants who are caught up in this COVID relief oh, fraud no. scheme. It's pe- apparently reached over $24 million in damages. So, um, oh my God. Baby Blue was photographed um, in his Sunday best uh, on Instagram where oh, he left the caption. Of course he did. <laughs> he left the caption. <laughs> his caption says, wish me luck seeing the judge in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not shit for this. <laughs> it's the fact that in his outfit and then with like his stature, he looks... Like one of the elves that work at Green Gods. Or like he looks like Oh my um, god. <laughs> oh, I just found it and he does. <laughs> he looks like Danny DeVito on Batman Returns. I've seen it's worse court so outfits than this, but yeah. <laughs> stout and round. <laughs> god bless him. That just must be nerve wracking. But sir, I don't know what you thought it was. He left a comment on the Sugar Room report and said, had a good first Why? day in court. <laughs> Facing life in prison, but hashtag I'm innocent. Everything always ain't always what it seems. Baby Blue Woe with, um. with three A's <laughs> says via Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this is bad because you know the feds don't bad. feds don't press charges for nothing. Like they have yeah. their shit together when they do that. I feel like that's the thing yeah. everybody knows about the feds. And so bye, girl. This yeah. coming, yeah. And, uh, you probably not going to get life in prison, but oh, maybe not. You know, it, you know justice.gov has all of it laid right out, and <laughs> you know, I just I <sighs> this is actually really fucking maddening because so many businesses actually needed that money to stay afloat and didn't get it because you niggas wanted to buy cars and shit. I said the same thing. So like, whereas I would normally, I don't know, kind of laugh this off. I'm really more irritated than anything because like, and I felt the same way about Kanye, like actual like businesses who really needed to keep their payroll afloat and really needed to just get through a few months of slow sales and low business. And like y'all took that money from those people who then had to close their businesses and it affected all their employees and their kids. And it was just a massive ripple effect. And so. And you took that fucking money to buy a fucking Ferrari. bitch, So you can flage on Instagram, nigga. Like I hate (laughs) y'all. Like I was like, ordinarily, I would just be like, well, fuck the system because, girl, all you crack is stealing, too. So, period. <laughs> and what? What's up? See you guys at motherfucking... Um, I, I've been away from Miami so long. I don't forgot the name of that motherfucking place on Ocean Drive. Oh, Wet God. Willies. Wet Willies is, over, is overrated anyway. See you girls on the beach. Time. Yeah, if you're on For the appetizers beach. and liquor. I don't give a fuck about nobody scamming this government. But at the same time, exactly like what you said is it, it, that's what I felt. Like people like that money was legitimately for people that needed it or should have been. Right, cuz white people, people stole it too. Don't get me wrong. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There was already like numerous white people openly stealing that goddamn money and probably going to buy yachts and whatever dumb shit with it yep. too. So I was like not about to just be like, "Oh, well, well, whatever." Like nigga, 
You have it. I don't know what the fuck Pretty Ricky funds are looking like right now, but I'm sure, again, you weren't going to be hurting for that money as much as other people who actually needed that shit, especially if you're going to go buy cars and, you know, Gucci belts or whatever the fuck with it, moron. Oh, my God. This says the feds seized the Ferrari when they arrested They him. sure did. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, I bet you that motherfucking car was in the truck before they they cuffed him. They had that shit on the U-Haul, oh, yeah. bitch. They picked like, up the truck before they picked up him. Like, you actually got us fully fucked up, my nigga. They were probably chucking the bricks out of his home as they were walking him to the police vehicle. Like, bitch, we're tearing this whole shit down. What yeah. the fuck did you think? You know, I... This is just... It's a sad situation. This is a lot of niggas listed here who are involved in it. And, you know, I'm sure this is going to be rough for y'all, but I don't know why, why you thought you could get away with the shit white people get away with. It don't work like that for it us. It just doesn't. Sad to say. Wish you could, but it doesn't work like that. Well, um, one Cynthia Bailey is apparently a married woman mm-hmm. again. Yep. Um... Was she married before? Did she marry Leon? Yeah, she married uh she married Uncle Ben. Oh, she was yeah, she was married Uncle Ben. Okay. So she married him to her boo, Mike Hill. They had a wedding in I think it was in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't it be in Atlanta? Who cares? They Atlanta got married. Or LA, one or the other. <laughs> but um before the nuptials, scandalous steaming headlines were plastered all over page six because reports say that some freaky deaky shit happened at the bailey bachelorette gathering that's right they say that the girls had a bachelorette party featuring a hot sexy sweating stripper who may have may have had sexual intercourse with two of the cast members. A male stripper? Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, they say one of the niggas who came in to strip at uh, Cynthia's bachelor party ended up fucking two of the girls from the show. That was the initial rumor. Okay. I'll read it to you. (laughs) On page six, it says, a source who witnessed the bash exclusively told us that some of the women began hooking up with each other in the living room of the house they were staying in in Charleston, South Carolina. There were about nine or ten guests total invited to the party. There were multiple people that had girl on girl. A source said, adding that the hookups went beyond making out to oral sex in some instances. Quote, they were so drunk. <laughs> unquote. Uh, or, is it unquote or is it end quote? Um, I actually don't know. I think it's end quote, but don't quote me. I know that. that I have Googled the answer to that question no less than five times in my life. So I don't know why it won't just stay in my brain somewhere. <laughs> That's just how it is. Anyway, so the girls say that some stripper nigga came to Cynthia Bailey's uh, bachelor party and the girls got buckwad and drunk and they were in there, you know, chomping on minge and getting fucked and doing whatever the fuck else. And so from being two, you know, mystery cast members on the show, it then went on to being allegedly uh, Portia Williams, Mm -hmm. who's apparently newly single, and one Tanya Sam, who's apparently engaged to some other nigga from, I don't know. And um, 
Yeah, so they said Portia and Tanya were in there having a menage a trois with the Atlanta stripper nigga, and everything got all buck wild before the mar- b- before the wedding. I mean, I'm sure Andy Cohen had a team down there to record it. I'm sure that we're going to see this on the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Right? At any moment, one of these women is going to have a pap smear and find a camera up there that they didn't know about. <laughs> you know, like, at any moment... You know, so sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like closed circuit cameras all over that house, wherever they had the bachelorette. Just so they were filming. Yeah, just whatever happened. So, I mean, I'm not particularly scandalized by this. You always want to eat each other's pussy or fuck a stripper. I mean, male strippers are just... I have <laughs> never seen the appeal personally. But <laughs> if that's what I would like to do, say, as a young man that is attracted to men... Mm-hmm. In 90% of cases, me neither. <laughs> see, nobody's into it. Everybody yeah. wants to see women stripping. Nobody is really That's into different. This. I don't want to see somebody with the fucking rocks body dancing like Sierra in, in you know, 2004. Yes. I'm just, I don't. <laughs> and maybe it was just all the cheap college parties I was at, but I just got tired of them niggas getting some strawberries and squeezing that damn Hershey syrup all over their chest and them corny ass moves and shit that they do. It's just like, I'm not into this. But we love you. And I mean, yeah, get your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, nobody should feel ashamed. I just can't wait to find out, you know, who exactly was it? Was it Portia hooking up with whoever Tanya is? Like, I'm interested <laughs> in that, but I don't consider any of it to be like wrong or messy or nasty. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> um, anyhow, the stripper in question. The alleged stripper question, Michael Bolware, took to Instagram where he said um, nothing happened. And um, he said he's not a stripper. He's the stripper. So we can be leveled with where he's coming from as as far as confidence is concerned. Yeah, stripper with a big ego. (laughs) Um, But he said nothing happened. He doesn't need any unnecessary mileage on his dick. And then he left everyone with a smile. So, um, okay. Here's, I didn't believe anything actually happened even before um, stripper confessions. Because personally, I, th- I asked myself, all right, why would any of these women get fucked by a stripper when Andy Cohen extremely certainly has no less than six cameras on each of them. Like, why? Especially if one of you's engaged. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And it completely sounded to me like Bravo and Andy Cohen or whoever one of Andy Cohen's lackeys are or might be, you know, went and and whispered to someone, oh yeah, girl, they was was at the the bachelorette party and it was all eating box and then the stripper came in and then he just started fucking all of them and Cynthia jumped in too and then they brought out the Ouija board and they summoned in Satan. And girl, like, you know, like, like, this to me fully just sounds like pre-promotion for the next season of the Real Housewives of Atlanta and they literally do this with all of them shows any fucking way so yeah that's a good point I actually didn't even think of it that deeply like why wouldn't you because I just figure you know bitches get drunk but these girls have been on reality TV long enough to 
probably know how to adjust their behavior when they're around the cameras regardless Period. or when they know they're filming so going like as far as to have sex with a stranger <laughs> is probably a lot but you know we shall see i'm sure on the next season yeah that's what i'm saying exactly because it's like we shall see i guess we'll see what happens which means you already looking out for whenever the real housewives of atlanta coming uh-huh. back so you can I get see the what te- you did that's what bravo. i'm talking about I like it's not <laughs> why the, even if they did want to fuck that stripper or they did fuck that stripper why would they do it there in front of cameras if they didn't want it to be known right when they could easily get fucked you know <laughs> like why easily you know I mean? just take that nigga's number and be like i'm gonna call you when I get back to Dunwoody and miss that. <laughs> or wherever, you know, niggas in Atlanta stay in a whole bunch of towns around Atlanta. As well. <laughs> I'm, just throw, I'm just throwing a town out there. <laughs> just don't do this. Okay, so what's next? <gasps> Looks like things with Cardi B and Offset might be back on the up and up girlfriends please, please, please. guy friends squirrel friends <laughs> apparently after Cardi B announced that she was filing for a divorce from her baby father she started chiming in on Twitter in defense of him when the girl started dragging one third of Migos here <laughs> she said she said on Twitter in a deleted tweet, he a dumbass, not a bad man, which I just love. <laughs> I liked you know, like it. Yeah, that was a great tweet. He is a dumbass. Like, Cardi, where's the merch? Like, <laughs> you need to have dumbass, not a bad man, masks, dungarees, socks, All that shit. contact lenses. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Because that's so many niggas. Anyhow. It is. It's most. She said, I don't give a fuck if you don't like him. I don't talk to him, but you don't, you're not going to, you're not going to disrespect my child father. I will slap the shit out of you and courtesy of culture. If he died, go broke. You're not the one that's going to raise my kid and you're not the one who pays for her shit. Cardi's birthday was also just a few days ago. She had a big extravagant party with filters and things of that nature I saw on Instagram. (laughs) Filters. But, um, Since then, she also received a special birthday billboard, courtesy of Offset. Uh, Shining, mostly pink billboard that says, Happy Birthday, Mommy. Love culture with a K. And both of them looking too expensive to have a conversation with anybody. (laughs) Yes, they do. Just lavish, sickening, premium young women. Oh, I didn't even see this part. Cardi actually posted the 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 billboard and mm-hmm. said, "Thank you, sir. I love it." With the little cheeky emojis in between. He apparently also got her a Rolls Royce for her birthday, which he gifted her at the party, where she was visibly drunk, surrounded by a <laughs> bunch of niggas so with cameras. <laughs> like she was so fucked. Mom up. was like, "Listen, at any point it could be the end. I'm getting <laughs> fucked up." Yeah, let's do it. Especially when you got all them niggas at a party. It really could be the end at any moment. I mean, so many niggas. Zero masks. Cardi had 12 bundles in her head and was like, I don't give a fuck about none of y'all bitches. Like, 
past the Kavarsi. Yeah, she was wasted. Um, I saw a video of her saying that she ain't ate pussy in a long time, but she gonna eat some tonight. I saw that so same you photograph. Were, you were turned up, sis. I believe that may have been the pre-gaming hour. Oh, yeah. I also saw her vibing to Trina during that program. Oh, yeah. I saw her walking her pussy out to some Megan the Stallion. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> like, Cardi B got her natural ass life mm. for her birthday this past week. Well, the ass settled, actually. And so it looks yeah. good. The ass looks It does. Good. It has settled it does. in very It's nicely. sitting in an organic manner. Yeah. You know, you have mm-hmm. to give things time to rest and arrange themselves. But the, she looks I'm patient. good. So, you know, I, I hope she had a good birthday. I cannot condone the party just like I can't condone Cynthia's wedding. But <laughs> you niggas are going to do whatever you want to do. And I'm just glad she had a good time. That picture of her and culture with the matching Birkins too fucking adorable so i just as always i would like to be left out of it like if if Mm. if you gonna not divorce this nigga then just please don't tell us you gonna divorce this nigga like i just don't i don't want to be part of the back and forth why i don't i'm feeling like cardi possibly was like okay i'm gonna go get me some goodbye dick (laughs) Just one more dose, oh, and then mm-hmm. that's how they get caught up. That's that's gonna be the end of it. Okay, just one more dose of that dick, and then I'm going about my business. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, this nigga bought you a car, and you're throwing it back and making out at your yeah. birthday party, and he's right back in there. <laughs> And he missed that girl, too. He was going through it without her. Some of them videos he posted on Instagram was looking deeply, deeply sad. So, I mean, because fucking niggas don't, it's not like they don't understand that they're with someone that they should, you know, respect and actually treat with, you know what I'm saying? The decency that they deserve. They're well aware of that. But then there's, you know, nigga. And, you know, the power and the strength of the Illuminiga. You can't just, you can't Illuminiga. be in the Illuminiga and report to future without your dues and your quota. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have <laughs> to be fucking these hoes raw. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, I guess so. So. As sacrifices long as she's have to happy, be made. Yeah. As long as culture has her things and Cardi is pleased, then it's fine. <laughs> That young lady, that baby, <laughs> that literal baby yeah. is going to be spoiled out of, you know, the wazoo. Gonna She's be. going to be <laughs> like, exactly. She's already got no less than six Birkins and like yeah. nothing but designer. Period. So all of it, every single uh, down to the socks culture is very expensive. So I'm sure both of her parents love her down and take oh, great care of her. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, managed to be with one another. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a healthy relationship, um, you know, together. You might just have a better situation co-parenting. Yeah. But, you know, some people got to learn that the hard way or the hard and the long way because I think she already learned it the hard way. I mean, that's true. It would be funny if she was like, I mean, thanks for the birthday dick and the billboard and the car. They were really cute, but, you know, gonna keep those proceedings rolling. I would actually kiki at that quite a bit if it was like in a few months. Well, and the divorce is finalized. But, you know, that's her baby dad. No, that's her husband at this point. So when I tell you that I would drive that Rolls Royce back to my house with him in the passenger passenger seat, (laughs) park in the driveway and call him an Uber. Thank you so much for the gift, as well as the gift of my child. Yeah. Um. 
It says your Uber is two minutes away. So, <laughs> and it was great so night. Nice too. That car had like a custom culture car seat in it. Did you see that? The yeah. car seat had her name all engraved in it. And I'm like, this is some very rich shit. He was surrounded by a bunch of niggas who was challenge, who was chanting like, "Take him back, take Austin uh, back, yeah, I saw take Austin back," and she's just you know grinning and swaying from side to side because she's <laughs> completely wasted and whatever the fuck. Right. And apparently they all had a good time together. Hopefully everybody tests negative. Yeah. But anyways, hopefully. You know, good luck, Cardi. You know, I'm on, I'm on your side. Yeah, I'm, 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 on your I'm team. team culture. <laughs> I'm team culture as well. Always. Also. Good for good. You have a good time. Um, last but not least, Tory Lanez has been a tra- uh, charged. He's <laughs> been charged with one felony count of assault with a semi-automatic firearm. And one count of carrying a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle, which I believe he was already being charged with. He's also facing a gun allegation and personally inflicted great bodily injury. This is, of course, connected to the uh, the situation with Megan the Stallion being shot in her foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's official. The doll could be looking at a maximum sentence of 22 years. I love it. And eight months in state prison. <laughs> and he's meant to be arraigned sometime this week. Today, maybe, if you're listening to the day the podcast goes up. Huh. So I guess you can look out for more information and drama for this. Of course, it always happens the day the show comes out. Always does. But, um, yeah, this is what we're looking at. Um, And as I've said before, get her out of here. The only Tory that I acknowledge is Amos. Beat it. Um, (laughs) I wish him nothing but the worst. And real hot girl shit. Yeah. I mean, I feel the exact same way. I was thrilled when I heard this news. I literally let out a cheer. Because even though these are not, I mean, not necessarily the charges I would have wanted. Like, assault is... I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't have the attempted murder ring to it that I wanted to see happen to this mm, young man. But okay. I guess, you know, I also don't really know how the law works and how judges and lawyers come to whatever they decide to charge with niggas. So I'll just I'll just say that I'm happy that something is happening even though Megan didn't cooperate with the police after the shooting first happened, because I actually fully thought that since she told them that it wasn't him and blah, 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 that just nothing was going to happen and he was going to get away with it completely. I also highly doubt he sees anything close to 22 years, but you know, just deportation is good enough. Well, I wouldn't say good enough, but I would love to see some deportation in there. Take your ass back to Canada. We have enough trash down here. We don't need no more. So carry your ass back up north and leave us alone forever. You may not return. That's all I want. He since has tweeted, um, oh, no. I guess this is supposed to say, it's supposed to mean time will tell, but with emojis. <sighs> fucking loser. I hate okay. Names. And the truth will come to the light, he says. I have all faith in God to show that. Mm-hmm. Love to all my fans and people that have stayed true to me and know my heart. A charge is not a conviction. 
if you have supported me or Meg through this, I genuinely appreciate you. What? This nigga said, thank you. This nigga said, if you supported me (laughs) or Meg through this, I genuinely appreciate you. So for me, at this point, the question is, um, is he like, is he a new sociopath? Is this something that has Mm. been like... A long-running thing for him? Because mama's off the rails, and I'm lost. I don't know what to make of this. Right. If you support me, or if you've supported either one of us, it's like, y'all are on two the two opposite sides here though so right i don't this just sounds like i'm very guilty but i'm gonna say some things to try to make it seem like i'm not like it kind of sounds like that uh, baby boy blue niggas instagram post or whatever (laughs) that shit was that he said i'm facing life in prison but i but i'm innocent like okay uh all right and i will let you have that and believe that if you so desire but don't look for me to be hashtagging in your honor because mm. that won't be happening you know for neither one of y'all actually but especially not tori boy i want that nigga gone back to ottawa with ass or wherever he's oh from. don't do that he's from brampton oh Br- oh like you know where brampton is i don't <laughs> It might be in Ottawa, for all you know. It might. I I actually have no idea. I sincerely don't know. (laughs) I don't know either, but yeah. Fuck that nigga. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Fuck him. I don't know. He also like posted some like heartfelt Instagram scroll that was dedicated to his son that was like, I strive to be a role model to you or whatever. Girl. What? Whoever is working in public relations for Tory Lanes, quit. Yeah. File some, <laughs> put some applications out in the world. Jump on maybe a zip recruiter. I don't know what needs what help you could get, but bitch, find yeah. work, find work elsewhere. You could be going because first else. of all, bitch, what y'all should have done if you had any goddamn sense or if you like tested the temperature in the motherfucking room well you should have told this bitch rather than being like oh well I didn't shoot her and maybe she didn't get shot at all what she should have actually been was like you know what I am the absolute worst kind of nigga I'm a disgrace (laughs) to my kind and I will stop at nothing seriously if that song would have been I am going to stop at nothing but you know nothing but making a better man of myself and being, you know, a better asset to my community and protector of, you know what I mean? If he would have said like all of that stuff, he would have still been read to bits and deserved it. Mm -hmm. But it would have probably, I feel like been a better PR angle than being like, let's just say the bitch lying. Like, right. Why that doesn't even make any fucking sense, you moron. But niggas can't Get take accountability here. at all. Like he cannot take responsibility. He cannot say he was wrong because then he would be admitting that he actually did something wrong. So of course he's exactly. not gonna do that. Of course he's not gonna do the mature or responsible thing because Tory Lanez is not a mature or responsible person. So we let's all know put out that you song. did this, nigga. We all know that you did this. You put out a whole fucking album. <laughs> it's just Let's put out a song asking this woman how she could have been shot in the first place, but then post a tweet talking about some, if you supported her, I genuinely appreciate you. The math ain't math. But you just put out a diss record and said that she's lying on you. So which one is it, dumb bitch? 
I just want his fucking pound puppy face ass. Yeah. Just get get him. Go out. back get, home. What the go fuck? Go back did home. You Canada. Come get y'all shit. Supply us. <laughs> um, Tory Lanes. What's a Tory Lane song? Is it Don't? Or that's Bryson Tiller. Ooh. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even gonna lie. Bryson Tiller has a song called Don't. Don't sing it. Don't play with it. Don't be dishonest. I have no idea. Oh what you're wow. About. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't think of a Tory Lane song. So, but mm, and oh, that? say it. Mm. Oh yes, a song like all of Tory Lane's songs that largely consists of a fucking sample, sample. from the yep. '90s or the '80s or some shit Brownstone. that he ruined with his fucking high pitched nasally ass auto tuned fuckery. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not even gonna say that Tory Lane's is wholly untalented or whatever because I don't know that to be true or whatever. <laughs> but what I will say is that if he does go back to wherever the fuck he's from and doesn't put out any more songs, I'll be just fine knowing that the radio and the motherfucking streaming websites are not now in in like inundated with a whole bunch of motherfucking brownstone samples and motherfucking yeah. crisscross and all that other goddamn shit bitch you motherfucking remixing songs from Bootsy <laughs> Collins or whoever the fuck bitch goodbye we don't need you good riddance get lost yes all that shit don't let the dough hit you that, that's it for the um the hot tops this week we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and read your letters well folks we are back it is now time for your listener letters yes send your questions to ask the read at gmail.com we may read them aloud on the show we have two updates this week one is from ashley who had been um fighting with her brother and was worried about how to handle it with the holidays coming up Yep. So Ashley said, thank you guys so much for the advice. When you said if I was really at peace with my decision, I would not care what my brother said or did. I realized I needed to revisit the situation. I sent my brother an email and CC'd my parents and my fiance. I reminded him that this didn't come out of nowhere because he's tried to punch and grab me in past arguments and that I will ignore him at family functions because I'm not faking shit with him anymore. What helps cement my resolve is putting his behavior in a different context. If a boyfriend did those type of things to his girlfriend or if a man did that to a co-worker, that man would be in jail. After I sent my brother that email, it felt like the child. Oh, I felt the child in me cry happy tears. I finally stuck up for that little girl who I neglected for so many years in an effort to keep the peace. I feel free and relieved right now, but I am also looking for a therapist. This is my first time unpacking Amen. and letting go of a toxic family relationship. And much like grief, I know everyone handles it differently and I definitely need a therapist in my corner. I would not disagree Ashley but I am so glad that you stuck up for yourself and made your boundaries clear and that should make things a lot easier for you uh, when the holidays come around yeah I totally agree I'm really glad to hear that because your brother was tripping and being like a brat yeah a 40 year old brat so a 40 year old brat yes and we also got an update from Dion if you remember Dion which uh oh I hope that was his fake name but he had the friend who started a podcast, but the friend talked exactly like you and he didn't know yes. how to tell him. Um, and we warned him that his friend would listen to the show and recognize yeah. it. Yeah. So he not said, surprised there's an update. First yeah. thing was, well, I got the text. <laughs> My bad. 
He put it in the group chat, though, and did not send it to me directly. He said that he needed that input, but admitted that he would not have been receptive if I came to him with it directly. The only part that he was mad about is that whoever, quote unquote, wrote the letter didn't put the name of his show for publicity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is brilliant. I just want you to know I would not have said it even if you had put it. So please, Dion's friend, don't hold that against him. That is so funny. Okay. They're like, bitch, at least you could have said my fucking podcast, bitch. Bitch is this is You are so fake. Bitch, I always knew you was a hater. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So I hope y'all's friendship manages to bounce back. Uh, I think y'all be be fine. fine. Yeah. I've I've been looking through some very old text messages lately, like ten, eleven, twelve years old, and um, I (laughs) I have had some crazy conversations and sometimes full out arguments or fights via text message with my friends who are still like my closest friends to this day. So. Uh, yeah, it does happen, you know, so, but hopefully y'all will be just fine. Let's move on to the letters. This first one comes from Trisha, who says, I could use your advice on a family issue that has been a long time coming. My older sister and I have parents who have been divorced since I was a baby. Our relationship with our dad has always been strained because he cheated on our mother with one of her best friends and then married the best friend. He he adopted her two children and they had one together as well. Our dad was never there for us because he chose to take care of his new family instead of spending more time with us. My stepmother, who died two years ago, was the ultimate evil bitch, always making sure their daughter and her two kids were spoiled rotten and got everything we didn't. To this day, our half sister acts like a total bitch and we have nothing to do with her. Our father died last Saturday after years of bad health and suffering from dementia. We just found out that our half-sister had our dad sign a will last year, leaving his house to her two oldest daughters. Our father had five kids altogether and eight grandchildren, yet she manipulated him into signing his house over to her kids. I really don't want anything from my dad, but the principle of the situation just pisses me off. Our half-sister decided to make all these huge funeral arrangements and expected us to pay for his funeral. We told her, hell no, we're in the middle of a pandemic and there is no way we need to have a big-ass service. We had a memorial service for him three days after he died. He is being cremated and his ashes are to be buried in a couple of weeks. During the memorial service, our dad's three children from his second marriage all gave a eulogy, but my sister and I were not even asked to say or do anything, and I believe my half-sister purposely left us out. We were so pissed that we left as soon as it was over and didn't say goodbye to anyone. We are burying my dad's ashes soon, and my sister and I plan on this being the very last time we ever have to see or deal with our half-sister. Do y'all think we should just give our own eulogy for our father then? Should we tell this bitch how selfish she is? This relationship with our stepbrother and sister are fine, but we are not really close to them. I know at funerals, you're supposed to be civil out of respect for the dead, but the way she has handled everything is pure bullshit. What do y'all think? Thanks, Trisha. Uh, this is awful. It is. It sucks so bad. It's really like, <laughs> and it's like, it's also a testament to like this, like moments or situations where sometimes family, close loved ones, etc., they can just leave you with some shit to figure out. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like, real mess. They, 
Anyhow, um, I feel like if it if it were me, I would possibly say something at the burial or whatever if I felt like it would be helpful for me. If I felt like, you know, it was something that I needed to do for myself, then I would make a way to do that because you have the right as this man's child um, to do that. I think that for myself, my sanity and the sanity of the family I give a fuck about, I would try to do everything I could to stay away from confrontation with the other siblings or members of the family that I don't see eye to eye with or that are doing shady shit. Cause you asking me to pay for the funeral, but not Mm -hmm. asking me to say anything. You got me 360 degrees fucked up. That's correct. Like all the way in back lost. (laughs) So you know what I'm saying? But again, it's just, it's a really fucked up, difficult, often traumatic situation for everyone. Um, and I would probably just try to get through at least the ceremonial parts of this passing, um, just keeping my distance and doing whatever I got to do to uh, refrain from confrontation of any kind. And again, me personally, I feel like afterwards I would just dead it and just ha- try to have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. But I also think it would be completely okay if you were after it was said and done to say to them, like, look, I have some I need to get off my chest. We need to have this conversation and not even necessarily go into it expecting to come out with understanding and hands held and, you know, hearts in the sky. Oh, yeah, none of that. But just so that you can get it off of your spirit. Um, But yeah, just like as of right now, I think I would just keep my distance, not say anything and do what I, whatever I have to do to address my, my grief, my coping whatever kind of emotional, mental, spiritual health you need to for yourself because they trip in. And again, a lot of that could have probably been quelled if your father would have done a better job of like managing it. Yes. He is not here. So again, (laughs) you got to do the best you can for yourself. Right. A lot of this is your father's fault and your stepmother's fault, but you know, them niggas are both dead. So yeah, there's only so much you can really do. I feel like I, I don't know. This is hard for me because as somebody who had a strained relationship with her father until she completely ended it all together, if that nigga died, I wouldn't go to whatever they had for him. So mm. I feel like I would just kind of be like, you know, you chose to take care of this family over us. Like we never existed anyway. So if you gave your house to her kids then of course you did because you always felt like those kids were more important than me and my sister were so you know right 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 fuck the in- the entirety of the thing but i also agree with kid fury that it is like that is a much more mature response to like let out your feelings and definitely you should do that um at the burial like you and your sister should have y'all's time to say whatever you want to to your father before the ashes are buried and all Absolutely. that. And if you want to keep it cute because, you know, you want to respect the sanctity of 
whatever the burial ground is, then I completely respect that. But I am always here for getting bitches together. Come on. And feelings, I was gonna say it. feelings be coming up and they be doing a lot around funerals and burials yes, and all indeed. that. And if she pushes you, now I'm not saying start nothing, but if the mm-hmm. bitch push you, push back. That's all I'm going to say about that. I would not hesitate to to get into a verbal fight with somebody if they chose to get into one with me. I'm not going to do too much because I have shit to lose, but don't fucking try me. So, And everybody in this situation has lost someone, regardless of what your the nature of your relationship may have been. True. Y'all are all gathered together in this situation because you lost someone. You know what I mean? So there's no reason, especially if, you know, y'all are all this man's kids. You're not going to make me feel as if any of us have priority over one another in terms of dealing with our grief, closure, understanding, or whatever that may be. So it would be best for you to chill the fuck out (laughs) and me to chill the fuck out so that we can get this whole thing over with and move along. Not even just for me and for you. For me and for you and for everybody else who is here trying to just get out whatever their feelings are in the, you know, the midst of this man's passing. But I totally agree. Like, I yeah. totally agree. If you're going to push, girl, I can as well. And at the end <laughs> of the day... <laughs> At the end of the day right now, your priority needs to be your mental health, your spiritual, emotional health, all of those things and having like the best being at the best status within that that you possibly can be in. Mm -hmm. And so you don't need to feel any sort of obligation towards your siblings, towards your daddy ashes, towards anybody like facts, Mm -hmm. just like you have to put yourself in a situation where you can come out of the other the, the other side of this with understanding and the strength to like keep your shit fucking pushing fuck all of that other stuff you know what I'm saying because you can work that shit out in therapy so I would absolutely say go into it with like the best intentions the best intentions possible Mm -hmm. but like Crystal said if them niggas want to push girl I can push back as well because at the end of the day I'm here like really on GP and just don't don't fucking try me girl (laughs) like this is you already got the house and whatever else like you actually got the daddy so why don't you just right, like, <laughs> let us say whatever we feel about this me and my sister that I grew up with and then you never have to look at that bitch think about her or speak her name ever again so I suggest you and your sister go and say what you have to say and then get the hell on out and yeah. I wish you the best um, in the grieving process because I know it's rough All right. Next question comes from Miranda, who says, I met my friend Sheila five years ago when I became a business client of hers. We would spend half our meetings just talking like girlfriends and eventually started going out for happy hour. She mentioned that she wasn't really happy in her marriage and told me how horrible her husband Philip is. By the next year, she was talking to other men and I suggested she go to therapy with her husband or leave him before she cheats. Eventually, though, I met Philip and their two kids, and I started to realize that Sheila is the problem. (laughs) He was wonderful, but she was constantly berating him for the smallest things and snipping at the kids who were only four and six at the time. 
Philip and Sheila took me out for my birthday last year, and afterwards he asked her if he should walk me to my car since I was parked much further than they were, and he came alive when he wasn't around her. We laughed and joked and even discussed the book we'd both been reading. I was starting Mm. to see how terrible Sheila had become. She cheated Mm. the last two years of their marriage and left him during the holidays last year. By that time, he and I had been sending each other book and movie recommendations and funny Uh, memes. He'd done a couple of odd jobs for my new house and I'd send him Mm. home with some of whatever I was cooking. We were Mm -hmm. friends. (laughs) We were friends and I liked him better than her. In May, Philip started to realize that he and Sheila are not going to get back together. Around that same time, I was having real problems with the racial climate since I'm a surveyor and work put me smack dab in the middle of Trump country all spring and summer. Philip was doing work on his house and invited me to come smash some walls because it's good for getting anger out. It was fun and there was a spark between us. Oh, since then, we've been hanging out, which I've only mentioned twice to her in case pictures show up on social media. But she says she does not care for my birthday. He surprised me with a picnic with my favorite foods he made from scratch and my favorite wine. He was my date to a socially distant destination wedding last week. We had the best time and now we've slept together. Yeah, figured. (laughs) When do I tell Sheila that something is happening between me and her husband? He Mm. says it's none of her business, but she still thinks I'm one of her best friends, even though she's never been one of mine. She invites me to family stuff as a buffer between her and him, and it's incredibly awkward. I don't think it's fair to her that I'm still hearing both sides of every one of their arguments, and I rarely think she's right, but I still smile in her face. He and I barely talk about her anymore, but she bitches to me constantly about him. And I, But still, I don't want her to find out about this from someone else. They're still technically <laughs> married. <laughs> of yeah. course, they technically are. They're both starting to hate each other, and the divorce is getting messy. What do I do? Please help Miranda. Girl, the shit y'all be going through, man. (laughs) I cannot relate. (laughs) Um, how do you tell your friend that you're fucking her husband? (laughs) As soon as possible, ideally. Um, wow. Well, (laughs) I think that, um, what was the last portion of this so he is still having her i mean not he she is still she being sheila the married wife yeah yeah so she's still having miranda come to family stuff to like serve as a buffer between the two of them and it's super awkward for her and you know she's feel like she's being um two-faced and smiling in this girl's face when she really don't like her and she's fucking her man so she does not wait, 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 wait okay so let me rewind the taste. Okay. She said that she said to the girl, like, oh, me and Mans are hanging out. Yeah. And mama didn't care. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't admitted to the penetration. She has not told Sheila that the penetration is happening. No, Sheila does not know that part. Girl, just go ahead, rip the fucking bandaid off, mm, I say. Yeah. And just say to this woman, so hey, been hanging out with them. One thing led to the next. Sicily 1920, picture it. 
And, um, you know, here we are today. I think you should just go. Because, I mean, what what does holding on to that information serve? Like, what does that yeah. do for you? You know what I mean? At this point, she is. And I don't know. When, when she said, you know, I'd rather she hear from me than somebody else. I'm like, well, who else? Because right. I, I honestly don't believe that, that nigga is going to say anything. Mm. So who else knows? Right. Because if somebody else does have the possibility or the knowledge available to tell her, says you need to text her now. <laughs> like, don't just go ahead and hit her. <laughs> And just be like, sweetheart, we need to have a chat and let her know what's go whatever's going on. Because honestly, maybe she won't care about that either. I mean, that is I a mean, good point. She left that nigga last winter and is not thinking about him in a in a romantic sense. So it's very possible that she won't care, but I don't feel like the nature of your friendship mm. is going to be the same. You know oh, what I mean? Definitely she not. might not. Definitely she, not. By me saying, you know, she might not care. I mean, I feel like she might not want to fight you. Um, <laughs> yes, she may not be violent. Right, but don't be surprised if you don't get the group text for, you know, girls night or whatever. Yeah, I actually think you and this nigga both should sit down and tell her what this is. I don't think it should just be you since the both of you are doing this i won't say to her but like she is the reason y'all know each other so Mm. i think the two of you um should do it just so it's not all on you but if you're trying to if you're looking for a way to say this that will guarantee that she won't be mad or she won't have a bad reaction there's no such thing you're just yeah y'all have made the grown decision to fuck even though that's your friend and they're married, she is married. And so it's messy in a lot of different ways. And you just gonna have to stand up in your mess and be like, this is what we did. Absolutely. And we really like each other. You probably saying you in love with this man at this point. And so if that's, yeah, I cannot say, I think that any of it is a good idea, but if you feel Mm -hmm. that strongly about it and he feels the same way, then both of y'all need to stand up in it. And just Absolutely. and just say it. Say that you did it, and you're not sorry, and <laughs> and be prepared to lose a friend, and maybe to have yeah. something thrown at you. Possibly, but it sounds yeah. like you really don't like her any- anyway. So maybe y'all needed to not be friends no more. Period. Yeah, it definitely sounds like whatever introduction to the inner workings of their relationship uh, made you team not her. and um you know team this nigga so i think that you know crystal is correct definitely go ahead and and, uh and have that conversation and see however that might work out yeah because you are being very fake coming to their house for family stuff and smiling in her face like you're not fucking her man or seeing her man that is very fake and actually that is some shit that if she wanted to beat your ass for i could not I could not find fault with her for that. So the sooner y'all are honest about it, um, I think the better. And at the very least, it should help your conscience. There's there's no real way to uh, dress this information that's going to make it any less, Mm -hmm. you know, scalded. It's kind of like... You know, like, I don't know, like poop in a sandwich. Yeah, there's poop in there. <laughs> so you know? I just don't. You can put all the lettuce and tomatoes and uh, bacon, mustard whatever. Bacon, everything, and there's, I don't want it. Because it's a there. shit sandwich. Yeah. yeah, there's no mahogany car for this, so you're just going to have yeah. to tell the truth and be grown-ups about it. And good luck to y'all. Good luck. <laughs> I hope nobody catches a charge. All right. Yeah, Last question things. comes from Brandy. 
who says, I've recently been seeing a man I met on Hinge. We started talking in August. The fuck is Hinge? Hinge is a dating app. You never heard of it? Sounds like a dating app for crazy people. Oh, wow. I mean, perhaps, but we started talking in August and met in person in September. Initially, I had my doubts about him for some reason, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I continued to see him and have sex with him, but I kept my options open. We started hanging out more, having fun together, and I was really starting to like him. He also said that he was falling for me and really liked me, too. He then started to kind of pressure me about having sex without a condom. And at first I was like, hell no, because Mm. even though he said those nice things and his behavior was pretty consistent, we weren't exclusive. And I didn't know who else he was seeing or having sex with. I eventually gave in, though, because I'm dumb and I really, really liked him. Fast forward to this past weekend. I spent the night at his house on Wednesday because he let me know that he was going on a trip over the weekend and I wanted to see him before he left. He left Friday morning, but I didn't hear from him all day Friday or at all on Saturday morning and afternoon. Around 8.40 p.m., I FaceTimed him and this man answered the phone, looked me dead in my eyes and then hung up. (laughs) I'm just going to be laughing at you. I didn't trip because I figured his cell phone reception was absolutely horrible in the mountains. So I called back. Oh, no. Why did you do that? (laughs) He didn't answer the phone, but he texted me and said, I can't talk right now, honey. So then I started tripping. I texted back. Why? Girl. And I got no answer. I kept pressing. Of course he didn't. And I said, have fun fucking that bitch you with. Yada, yada, yada. Ma'am. He finally texted me back and said, look, we made these plans months ago before I even met you. So you need to chill. And if you can't chill, I completely understand. So now, of course, (laughs) I'm super pissed. (laughs) What in the future? Because this is so niggerish. Because he could have been upfront with me and let me know who he was going on the trip with. So I could decide if I wanted to deal with that or not. I'm also pissed because I'm having raw sex with this nigga. And it would have been nice to know if he was having sex with other people. And because after he got caught up, he didn't apologize or show one ounce of compassion toward how I felt about the situation. I got drunk later that night and spazzed all the way out on him. So at this point, I'm pretty sure he is never going to speak to me again. Okay. My question is, was I wrong? We did just meet Mm. and he did have the trip planned a while ago. Should I should I have just chilled out and continued seeing him? Thanks, Brandy. (laughs) So do you think it was offset takeoff or quake? I looked it up. It says Hinge is a dating app founded by Justin Mc. Something. In 2012, Hinge bills itself as a relationship app and claims to emphasize more long-term connections between users. It also says... The app has a your turn feature designed to remind a user to continue a conversation. This feature was designed with the intention of decreasing ghosting. Wow. Which sounds... Explains so much about this letter for me. In 2019, U.S. presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg revealed that he met his husband on Hinge. Oh, shit. Work, booty judge. Okay. So, listen. I'm not mad. Um, calm down, sweetie. You know, I think that... Um, <laughs> you met this nigga on an app. Enjoy the time that you had. 
you know what I'm saying? And sort of pick at it as time goes by while you both decide if it's a meal that you actually want to eat. You know, that's kind of how things are going, especially right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really make any sense at the moment for you to be blacking out on a nigga through an app or whatever because... He's got another date or another situation planned with someone that he was talking to before you or in the midst of you or whatever. Like, fuck these niggas. Don't even give them the satisfaction of feeling like they're that much of a priority. Hmm. Why? Get back on the uh, on the hinge app and swipe <laughs> left or double tap or whatever the fuck you do on that app. And, like, keep it the fuck moving. And when he's available again for a continuation of whatever y'all started... Then you go and you kick it. If not, whatever. Other fish in the fucking sea. Forget about it. But, you know what I'm saying? Chasing these niggas into the goddamn ground. Like, even if he was to be like, you know what? You are so right. I had a great time with you. And I'm about to leave this situation with this bitch right now. And I'm about to come with you. And we'll spend the weekend together. You'll still discover that he's trash for some other goddamn reason. Three, four, five, six, eight, seven months without the line. Where right. your, your feelings are even deeper in and more complicated. And now, you know, you just want to just choke him. Or yeah, whatever. so I agree. Any whatever. man who is pressuring you to have raw sex within a month of y'all fucking, I mean, come on, does not really, really like you. He is not falling for you or any other shit that niggas might say. And even the fact that he is on an app where it says, you know, like long term dating, people who want to find a real relationship or make a real connection, niggas will lie for pussy. They will lie and they will say any lie to get some pussy. Will do. And then, I mean, and then raw pussy on top of that, of course. So yeah. this, yeah. I don't think you were, mm, uh, I mean, wrong, no, because you're, you were mad about the situation and you're allowed to be mad. I just think you should have uh, maybe taken these red flags a little more seriously. And I think mm. you'll probably do that in the future. The next time you meet a man on an app and he wants to have raw sex after three weeks, I think you're going to you know, think twice about it. So I I just think you have a couple of lessons here that need to be learned. But no, you should not have just chilled out and continued seeing him if it was gone, if that bothered you. Like you don't have to just put up with shit because you think that's how relationships work or that's how dating works or whatever. If you're mad that that nigga was fucking somebody else and also fucking you raw and did not tell you that, then you have every right to be mad at that. You also should have asked. I'm not sure if you asked outright and he lied to you or if you just... Doesn't sound like it. Right, or if you just assumed. But like I said, there's multiple lessons to be learned here. I think, um, yeah, go ahead and block this man's number and his Instagram or whatever else and get back or reactivate your hinge (laughs) and look for the next one. This man is just not the one. If he really was had all these deep feelings for you, like he said, he would at the bare minimum told you that he was seeing somebody else and already had a weekend getaway planned and or he would have told you about it and then canceled it like there would not have been the deception here so but also just understand and respect the dynamics of dating whether on an app or not these niggas like crystal said are gonna say all kinds of things or whatever the fuck it is that's clearly what you want to hear actions gotta speak louder than words in these situations so let a nigga say whatever the fuck into your ear and smile and giggle about it but at the same time buy what he's actually showing not what he's saying yes and with and aside from that just understand okay i'm i'm dating i'm kicking it with somebody that i met on an 
app or wherever the fuck and things are nice but like he's not owing you anything unless you have some sort of a legal agreement as to whatever the nature of your relationship is you understand what I'm saying so don't be going out here and meeting nobody double tapping it or whatever and then listing all these expectations alongside of a nigger because he said that he really likes you and he's ready to settle down or whatever like every nigger says that to somebody every motherfucking day come on don't play a game yeah I mean it's sad that we're like eh, when you date you have to realize that men will flat out fucking lie to you, you. but yes. it is uh, just a sad fact that we have all had a story somewhat similar to this we've all had feelings for somebody who was lying to us about it or most of us so you know you're not alone in this I don't want you to feel ashamed of it you just learn your lessons and and y'all lie too be but co- that's a, di- right, that's, be that's a different Tuesday yeah you just <laughs> And uh, yeah, remember that anybody who gets mad at you because you don't want to fuck raw after a month is not somebody who has your best interests in mind. That should be just a good old goodbye <laughs> ticket. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do not collect $200. Exactly. So uh, good t- luck to you, little sis, um, with your moving on and your dating prospects. That is going to wrap up the questions this week. If you have one, send it to asktherita at gmail.com. We'll be right back. We are back. It is time for the read. It is. I have just a couple things. Same. So. Uh. So, first things first. Florida, my God. What did Florida do? What did Florida not fucking? What did Florida do, do this time? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, reports out of Orlando. About a young man named Nevin Baker, 22 years old. He was found dead hanging from a tree <gasps> in Barker Park. No. Orlando Police Department and the medical examiner's office, of course, are ruling this as suicide. Family and close friends to this young man, obviously, no. do not believe it. Nevin's mom, Sharana James, apparently requested photos, videos of the scene from the night of her son's death. She requested these stuff from the Orlando Police Department, but hasn't been given any of that, at least from the time of this uh, post I'm reading from the Orlando Sentinel on the 9th. The Orlando police tweeted, we have seen social media posts regarding a man who was found deceased in Barker Park. This is a tragic case of suicide. And it is difficult for investigators to discuss details publicly out of respect to the victim's privacy and that of his family. Officers have exhausted all leads. At this time, there is no evidence of foul play or any kind of physical struggle. The medical examiner also investigated and ruled the cause of death as suicide. Our detectives continue to support the victim's family where they can. We are keeping the victim as family and friends in our thoughts during this difficult time. So I'm curious as to how your your detectives are continuing to support the victim's family, but she's saying that you're not giving her any of the resources that she's requested for further information on her son's death. I don't know how many more times like black bodies need to be found hanging from a a tree somewhere in this country that y'all deem suicide before we're like, yeah, right. Cool. Let's do an actual investigation and find out what actually happened. 
What fucking self-aware, seemingly self-aware black person is going to a fucking public park to hang themselves from a tree and a form of suicide? Why? For what? Not to mention, again, according from what I read here, his mother says that when she went to see his body at the morgue, that he had, like, a misaligned jaw, um, that, like, there were, like, bumps or something on his forehead, swelling on his nose, other things that don't sound like they would have anything to do with it hanging. But here we are again talking about, and it's just been like a number of these things I feel like have happened over in even just the past year. And every time it's like, oh yeah, it's a suicide, according to whatever police department from that local area. I don't buy the shit. Florida, Florida, you already know that like the whole globe at this point knows what type of bullshit y'all be on. I'm not fucking buying it. I'm glad to hear that the family, specifically the mom in this case, doesn't plan on taking her heel off of the necks of the people in Orlando, specifically the police department as it, you know, pertains to this case. But like, y'all really, y'all really don't think Negroes are out here getting lynched right now? Y'all really don't think as many white supremacists and fucking paramilitary losers that Mango Mussolini has, you know, just dick jacked in a number of rallies and places. He's constantly empowering people that would do this kind of shit. I don't understand how many more times we have to look at these kinds of cases and really just buy whatever bullshit y'all send our way. In many situations, I believe it's the police that do it. Mm. I mean, I would That's not what be I believe. them niggas are murderers, so. But anyway, I just wanted to say, Florida, once again, deep throat the dick you look like. I'm so fucking tired of the whole place. I really am. And while I'm on the subject for the Latinos, for Trump, from South Florida especially, I just, I know that the doll had a rally out there recently, I think in Orlando. I just want to remind y'all for a quick second, the Latinos for Trump, that you kind of just, you trade your soul and your vote for like a white privilege simulator that really, I don't think you realize, only exists in mid and South Florida. Like, yes, it's Miami, especially, is so Cuban run that so many Cubans and, you know, like mm-hmm. Latin people in that city can feel incredibly empowered in all of their bigotry, their hatred, their conservative views, their racism, et cetera, et cetera. Because it's set up for them to feel and operate like white people all over this country. Sweetie. I want you to drive up to the panhandle, cross the border into Georgia, cross the border (laughs) into places like Louisiana, and see how much, you know, that Latinos for Trump shit gets you with some of the white folks out there outside of just mid and South Florida, West Palm Beach, Broward, wherever the fuck. Because honey, 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 the Republicans don't give a fuck about you. All that caterwauling and yelling and screaming and shit that you're doing at this motherfucking idiot's shows. Like, you're giving him his, the vote. In return, he comes and lies to you. And that's all that it is. So shut your fucking glizzy gobbler when you're talking about whatever the fuck is going on with brown skin and black skin. Lastly, I just wanted to say... This face. Don't be the girl who looks to folks 
who are in a new romantic slash sexual relationship that's like, oh, you know, back in the day, me and -and so-and-so used to have a time. Like, okay, I didn't think that they were a virgin when I met them. I assumed that they had some sort of a sexual relationship with someone else. So what is it that we're discussing? Oh, but, you know, they used to be such a hoe. Back in the day, they was just running through everything. Yes, there was a hoe. Me too, bitch. Welcome. Great. And honey, in order for you to know that they were so much of a hoe, it's a good chance that you were a hoe yourself, dear. So that makes a ho, ho, ho. Merry fucking Christmas. Why are we talking? Don't be that girl. Don't be that girl. Mm. Let people enjoy themselves in whatever their situations are and the exchanging of genitals. Yeah. Um, For the record, this is not something that is personally happening with me right now before y'all start assuming shit. I just, it was on my spirit. I felt like mentioning it because nobody wants to be that lame girl. Last but not least, white women who are pissed at Bill Burr get a life, get a job. Um, That shit was hilarious. (laughs) I don't really know what y'all expected. Maybe... A lot of y'all who were angry probably had never heard of him before or whatever. And I'm not like some over the moon ass fan. I think he's funny. I don't agree with everything he says or like all of his jokes, but I mean he's a white man, so how could he you? really dunked on white men in his mono well, in the part that they were pissed off by. He really dunked on men more than than just the women. But what he was saying about like the woke movement or whatever <laughs> wasn't even accurate. In a lot of it anyway. So it was just like, girl, like, whatever. I definitely got a little bit of glee out of that situation. But at the same time, I was like, what? Girl, shut the fuck up. Sit down. I mean, like, I did find it funny. But I just also found it very funny that white women were so offended when he was calling them to task for siding with white men. (laughs) That's why I was like, y'all are acting like he's not clowning himself and his people (laughs) at the same time. Like, he's saying we was in the trenches Doing the racist shit together. So let's not front like y'all wasn't he there with us. He literally said y'all were shooting with them in the gym. That's so I don't know how you mad at that. That That's was facts. what the joke was. Y'all really did do that. Like so many members of your bloodline sat aside watching <laughs> your men do unspeakable, gruesome, terrible things. So Yeah. Shut up. You know, but whatever. I don't know. I guess. I mean, it was funny to me. I'm glad he said it. And I'm glad he said it where he said it on SNL. And I like that a white man said it because black people say shit like that all the time. I didn't even think it was funny. I just like the fact that he said it. And I really like the fact that it made white people mad. (laughs) Well, you can't argue with that. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Well, I don't really have a read this week. I just have a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, if you've seen the hashtag in SARS campaign, um, going around social media, um, I found out about this over the weekend and it first and foremost broke my heart. So SARS stands for Special Anti-Robbery Squad. Um, it is a unit of the Nigerian police force. Um, and yep. this unit has apparently been, I mean, cause you know, Special Anti-Robbery Squad sounds good, you know, like, Anti-robbery. Who can be mad at that? But it, of course, like most things to do with the police, turns into profiling and uh, targeting people, young people. And all the things I've read says that these kids have been targeted for any number of things. Having clothes that are new, having a phone, having a computer, basic things, you know, that would not be grounds by themselves for 
you know, arresting somebody, much less the shit that these people have been doing, like beating, waterboarding, like smothering them with plastic bags, all kind of sexual violence, all kinds of shit going on. So I think Amnesty International documented 82 cases between um, January 2017 and this past May. Which is already a lot, but if that was 82 documented, then God only knows how many actually took place. Because we all know that the number of uh, incidences of somebody doing wrong is almost never the same as the number that's actually reported. And so people have been protesting in the streets um, against this police violence and against this specific police violence, talking about... um, the corruption of the Nigerian police force. Apparently they were ranked the worst in the world, which kind of blows my mind because how are you worse than America? But I have also heard countless stories from Nigerians themselves who say, girl, you got to be careful because them niggas don't let them pull you over on the wrong road or at the wrong time of day. Because if you don't have no money, you better find some money because they taking something, money, passport, something. And even on 90 day fiance, it was that situation. I don't know if you saw that episode. You probably didn't, but the Nigerian guy, Michael was taking his white Trump supporter, fiance, Angelos away from the airport. And I think they got pulled over by the Nigerian police and he had to pay a bribe. I think I might get that. I might have that wrong. But anyway, so many young Nigerian people have been in the streets protesting against um, this torture and saying a lot of the things that we say in our anti-police brutality movements like reform is not good enough because y'all been promising to reform for years and years and years. And yet y'all continue to beat our asses and you can say all you want to. Oh, we're going to dissolve um, SARS and it won't be like that anymore. But until things actually change then I don't think they should take their foots off y'all's necks. And I am in complete support. I suggest that you follow the story yourself by um, checking out the hashtag in SARS on Instagram and Twitter, probably also on Facebook. But read these local accounts, donate um, to organizations that are helping protesters who have been jailed. Uh, Some of the images and videos are very graphic, so I will warn you about that now. But get involved however you can because police brutality is a problem globally and anywhere that Black people are being mistreated, I'm going to have a problem with it. So I also wanted to say very quickly, uh, rest in peace to Monica Roberts, who um, ran a blog called Transgrio. Um, Transgrio was... I think the first blog specifically about trans people that I had ever heard of says here that she uh, founded it in 2006. And what I know for a fact is that she used it not just to talk about um, issues that affect the trans community and trans related stories, but also really helped shape the way that mainstream media in America reports trans people's um, deaths and murders and attackings and things of that nature, because not too long ago and probably still in some localities, they're still doing this, but they were very disrespectful when reporting on trans people being found dead or something like that, calling trans women men in women's dresses or referring to them by their uh, birth name instead of their chosen name, all kinds of terrible things. And Monica Roberts really took her blog and over the past 14 years put a ton of work into bringing light to these issues and talking about these things that really matter and 
yeah, she passed away uh, suddenly last week and has left a huge void. So just wanted to say thank you, sis, for your work. And I pray that you have a safe journey home to the ancestors. And thank you for everything you did. And that's it. All right. Whew, Chile. That wraps up this week's episode of The Read. Check us out at thisistheread.com. We are on social media. Just search at This Is The Read. Also, don't forget to check out Who We Are, the powerful new podcast produced by Vox Creative that chronicles the history of racism in America based on ACLU Deputy Legal Director Jeffrey Robinson's acclaimed work. Who We Are breaks down the origins and ongoing impact of white supremacy on our elections, healthcare, economy, and so much more. So listen and Subscribe to Who We Are, A Chronicle of Racism in America on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Um, I don't think I have any news this week. Anything for you, friend? This week, my Happy Meal is three things that made me smile. One, Kiki Palmer randomly tweeted... I don't remember exactly how it went, but it said essentially, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Sierra didn't pray for a man. She prayed for herself. And that just made me like open mouth cackle when I read it for some reason, because it was just so matter of fact and also true. So I love that. Something about the wording of it just made was really funny. But again, I've been trying to tell y'all, like, we said what we wanted to about Russell Wilson, but don't see her look happy as shit. That she she probably has sex every single day. <laughs> um also, you know, quick spoiler for the last episode of The Boys. Three, two, one, Stormfront getting her ass beat by three different superpowered women at once. Stormfront, I know you don't watch the boys, friend. She's literally a Nazi. Most racist bitch you could ever meet in your oh, life. Oh, Stormfront, I know that name. She got the shit beat at. Like, they jumped her, called her all kinds of bitches and hoes, and beat her natural ass right on that last second season finale. And it was so satisfying. I watched it three times in a row. Last but not least, um, the song You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. Because I just realized (laughs) that that song has made me laugh since I was a baby. And I don't know why. I I really can't even place. Just listen. Isn't that a funny song? It's just really absurd. But like, also a jam. (laughs) It's like funny voices and then... Yes. Yeah, I see what you're. I see what you're getting at there. I'm it's like, very seventies funk. To, yes, that's what I get. Like seventies and people just being free and goofy and and sexually explicit with one another. So it's a very funny song. It is. I just thought about how Russell and Sierra had that baby name Win, <laughs> and the Seahawks have done nothing but win this whole season. I'm just saying they four and zero. I'm just saying. I'm just saying mm-hmm. they had a baby name Win, and now this nigga can't lose. So. Yeah. Congratulations again to them. They do seem really fucking happy. All right. Well, the moral of the story is ain't nobody about to chase your ass down to do what you said that you were going to do. (laughs) And on that note, we will see y'all next week.